Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello! You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where I speak to artists about how they've been able to survive and grow. I know that sounds a bit like something from a garden centre leaflet, but being an artist in 2023 
It's pretty nutty. And this is the place where we hear stories of how they survived, how they've been able to make it work. So on today's episode is LA Priest, aka Sam Dust, who's about to release their new album, Fasi Luna, F-A-S-E that is, and it's out this Friday. There's a couple of singles you can hear if you can't wait until then, Star and It's You, and they're both sounding lovely. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thanks to Starzy Row for setting this up. And cheers to 2000 Trees, who support the podcast. 2000 Trees is an excellent festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London. If you're into rock, a bit of indie, a bit of metal, a bit of hardcore, Trees might be for you. Headlined by Softplay, formerly known as Slaves, Bullet For My Valentine and Frank Cart and the Rattlesnakes. There's loads of brilliant bands. Rival Schools, Black Honey, Holding Absence, The Bronx, American Football, Brutus, Empire State Bastard, Hell is for Heroes. Loads of brilliant bands at 2000 Trees this year. If you want to go but you're yet to get your ticket, go ahead and get one. Spend a Wednesday to Saturday. They even give you the Sunday off. Watching all these brilliant bands camping out in the sticks. They've got a stage in the forest. I'll be there one of the mornings doing some live 101 part-time jobs. So catch me there if you're going. Get your tickets at 2000trees.co.uk and with the voucher code 101pod, you can get 20 quid off. That's from 2000trees.co.uk, voucher code 101pod. All right, here's LA Priest just about to release the new album, Farsay Luna, here on 101 part-time jobs. Go well. That's where he was He was high A few years ago, a lot of rock bands and punk bands and garage rock bands, whatever, you know, you grow up and you're like, I want to fucking go on tour. You know, that's sort of, that's the end goal. And, you know, when that happens, it becomes pretty tricky because <laughs> you're like, okay, well, how do I balance this? how do I work out like an alternative lifestyle where I somehow fall between the cracks of satiety's norms and values? Yeah. And you started or, you know, you had a, you know, a major label record with, with your rock band. I mean, that must've been pretty exciting in 2008. What was your life like at that time? I mean, it's going quite far back now, isn't it? Yeah. I think we signed either start of 2008 or, end of 2007 and this is late of the pier i should say yeah yeah i was 20 so um maybe i was just yeah it was just before my 20th birthday so that's what i wanted to say i wanted to say i was living you know the best life that a teenager could live really but it had been going well for a few years really it was it's like if you're 17 18 and you've got people showing up to your gigs you just feel like you're like a superhero really it just felt like very very exciting and I remember even just getting our first gig in London was like we've made it and that and we didn't really want anything else for a while (laughs) until you realize you can't pay for anything that's it that's the name of the game isn't it I mean I wonder if it's part of the human condition when things are going well I wonder if it's part of the human condition to kind of take things for granted without even knowing it I think you can still appreciate things. I mean, looking back on those times, what do you think you were like with that sort of stuff back then? Yeah, I think I definitely took a lot for granted, but I think I was also aware that I was doing it and also aware that I was too busy, you know, trying to make something happen to think about all of that. You know, it's like you've only got so much, especially when you're quite young, you've only got so much 
brain power almost. And yeah. it was like the machine was just working all the time. My brain was just fully working on uh, on the music the whole time, really. Were you quite a proactive individual? Were you kind of like emails, looking towards tours? No, no, not at all. And I, I never have been. In fact, it was, it was funny when you pointed out like my technological side, because that really involves, I'm quite uh, analog. For some reason, my brain can work out an analog thing or a machine, like a mechanical thing. But I can't do like digital and all of this kind of uh, virtual stuff for me. It's like outside of my expertise, really. Um, I'm hopeless at getting phones and laptops to work, really. But yeah, so so with that stuff, even back then, I had luckily the bassist in our band, Andrew. He just took this manager role from day one. And nice. he really, aside from playing the bass guitar, his life was just phoning venues and doing stuff which I... I would find kind of embarrassing or he didn't care. And I think he got us a lot of the way in those early, early years, really, because he was phoning and talking to everybody, you know, and yeah. my spacing at the time. Well, you know, talking about 101 part-time jobs, I've really, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know, in the context of all of this, like my mum's an author. And the more I do these interviews, the more I realize, oh, it's definitely my mum who's massively inspired me to like have a bit of an inquisitive more inquisitive than normal kind of brain about this shit it's just because you can be quite successful you can be very successful and you're still going to be on the phone you're still going to be booking stuff you're still going to be your own pa a lot of the time yes you do have to i think the way i work is i would quite happily just make and i remember like we're going back to when i first started i remember even saying to people well why can't i just make music you know and people are like well you know you gotta kind of do the emails go out meet yeah, people even just communicating let alone trying to publicize yourself and so the the way i found that i can do it is like today i'll just say like that day i'm just going to be this different person today so today i'm like interview uh and, Got your interview and hat on. you know yeah i'll do like one day a week maybe you know depending on how it's going i suppose <laughs> and who wants to talk to me that's funny i guess like that kind of compartmentalizing makes sense doesn't it because you can't do everything at once you'd go you'd go mad yeah. And I find I work best when I'm sort of writing and recording. I work best getting really late into the night sometimes. And I'll have had to have been going all day. And then it kind of just suddenly, it's like I described it before as you kind of almost give up on trying. You're not trying anymore and you're just automatically doing stuff. Yeah. Have you got used to that being part of your routine? Are you kind of accepting of the facts that you might do a five, six hour session starting at midday and it will only be after that sort of good chunk amount of time yeah. that, you'll, that you'll get into it? Are you at peace with that? Yeah, I have to do that with, with a proper recording, like a proper record. I can come back to it. So that's like when the song is being made, you know, that's the, the formation. For me, that's like, just don't mess with that you know just yeah. like everything else is cleared out of the way but then coming back to it and adding a bit you know i can do that easy peasy just add bits or record yeah a new vocal or something can just happen whenever so it's really it's just that kind of uh 
primordial soup phase where, where you just you need all the magic to be caught really bowlers gubbins i learned that phrase yeah. yesterday did you know that bowlers gubbins it's sort of a, a word for you know if you go back to house and you just got like bits and bobs of veg in the fridge and you fry yeah. it all up in a bowl that's bowlers gubbins <laughs> yeah. it's a bowl of fucking gubbins yeah well that's what my house is like when i do record like that so yeah that's perfect <laughs> what we're talking about now that's that's a full-time thing. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a, sorry to even bring this up, but it's life, right? Not even keeping the money side or paying rent in mind. All this stuff is a, a full-time job of the culture, of a lifestyle. Going back to your old band and when that finished, how quickly did you get into the right mindset of being like, okay, late of the pier is ended now how can I make something for me where I feel like I'm really, you know, mining a good corner of your brain? How long did it take you to tighten that up and find space for it? Oh, it took a long time, actually. Yeah. And I, I still find that quite amazing. You know, one thing I remember really vividly, because I just thought about it a lot back then, was the pressure of a second album, you know, which we never went on to make. And just how many really shit second albums were coming out at that time. Right. I have to say, there were, there were a lot of bad second albums. And I remember thinking, well, I wouldn't let that go out. I wouldn't release that, you know. I'd just make the second one like, it has to be like the first. But then there is that thing of you've been spending actually like six years making the first album, really. You know, everybody does. They've got this whole kind of, every bit of inspiration and they've got the best stuff to choose from from their whole beginnings to make that first record and I just wanted that again so that's what it was like in terms of writing but yeah I, I also think so for ages I thought LA Priest was my my electronic dance kind of moniker because that's all I'd done with it I, re I released something it was actually the first thing I ever released uh, before the late of the peer stuff was a single engine an la priest single and because that was kind of like a club thing club banger club banger yeah that's what i thought it had to be so I, it took me about felt like three or four years to just break out of that mindset you know that you, oh that's not what i'm going to do for the rest of my life just because this is my own project and it's the strongest thing i have it doesn't have to be this one thing so yeah it's a lot of that is just slowly breaking down misconceptions that you have about yourself and what you need to be and yeah. your own constrictions, I suppose, that you've for some reason put on yourself. It's funny. That seems to be a human condition, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing. Reframing, I've been thinking a lot about how you can reframe your life at different periods of your life, different milestones. And it's a very powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you can just think about that anytime, really. It doesn't matter as long as you don't think about it too much. Cause, uh, Get lost. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you could. But yeah, it's a really helpful tool to have for pretty much anybody is just to think, well, okay, this is how I'm comfortable. This is what I'm kind of doing. But is there just something that I haven't thought of outside of the box here that like, why not? And a lot of it comes down to how you think people perceive you, what they're going to accept you doing. Yeah. I think sometimes, like I, I never really thought I considered the audience until I started thinking about other things that I could do. 
Like what? Well, it's just, you know, a lot of this stuff is is because everything got very much online over the last few years. And I wasn't very online, you know. I was far from it. I'm Luddite. Old-fashioned, yeah, very much so. so. So a lot of that became, well, I should just force myself to film something and just start filming myself doing things, which I still haven't got around to. But the funny thing is then the first thing that pops into your head is, well, what would they think of this? Would they consider that in the canon of what I did? You know what I mean? Like yeah. this idea that I've created, you know. Is it like what's permissible? It's almost like having this sort of silent permission. Yeah, and and that comes from my taste in music where I'm like, Mm. I don't want this band to ruin my dream idea of, of what they are by doing something that's kind of what yeah. the fuck are they doing that for you know yeah i'm very aware of not kind of ruining the the thing that's special yeah which is so easy to do if you're sort of online all the time <laughs> is that hard to do as a solo guy as a solo artist yeah it's much oh it's way different that's a really good point actually to bring up because i think when you are a bunch of guys or you know just in a group then you're a lot more you have to let the other people be part of that creation and then you just let it go, I think. So for example, if you had a like if you got offered a tour supporting a band who's a bit naff, but also quite maybe big and you're, you know, your manager and your agent saying, Look, you could you might make fans and then you're split, you know, two people saying naff, band's naff, two other people saying, Yeah, exposure. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time when that happened in the past. Actually, a lot of the time it was the rest of the band thought one thing and I thought the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) But usually the reason why I'd listen to them is because I I can just be too much of a perfectionist about something. So I remember there was one music video that we did, and I won't won't say which, which one it is, but I was very, very unhappy with the results of it. And I was just like, I'm not letting that go out. And the morning that it was like the last minute deadline thing and it had been kind of given in really late by the director and I was on this tour bus trying to make another video for the uh for the song you know just like anything's better than this shit I'll make another video for the song and I made this little it was really crap but it was just I was so uh you know stubborn about it that I I was gonna send this to the label and I think I even did. And the rest of the band just said, no, no, we better just go, you know, we better just go with this thing, this video. I mean, that's really interesting because obviously that's like a bygone and we don't want to like drag up mud, but that's the stuff that you learn. Like that, those are big learning curves. Like with that story, that's just one example of how that can happen all the time. And if I was on my own, God knows, I would have put this crap little thing that I made out and then. Yeah, I don't know what would come of that. That would have so, been even worse. But so you know, even in the stuff that you didn't agree with, it's it's a vision of a collective. It's something else. Yeah, yeah. You do really need. And so now that I just do it solo, it's like I have to be a bit schizophrenic and have another voice. Or it's it takes a lot longer. I think that's kind of what we were saying anyway. Is it just takes a lot longer to to do something that you would otherwise just do naturally because you're just bouncing off each other. Yeah, and uh, that's something I really miss you know, with this last record that I did. Yeah, that's why we're chatting, Fase Luna. Yeah, um, that's how the Spanish say it, apparently. 
I read this name, so I, I only found out recently that it's not FaZe, but that's cool. So with that record, that was the first one that I did for ages where I worked with another musician, basically, the drummer uh, in Mexico that just did all of the drums. And that's just something that I, I really needed after all these years of kind of trying to bounce ideas off yourself, which doesn't really um, always work, you know. What Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs. For those years where, you know, you were kind of, you know, those years that you needed to come up with, well, to let it, let the vision of LA Priest come about, how did you afford to give yourself that time and, you know, sort of still give yourself some room for personal growth? I mean, you're in your 20s. You know, did you know you want to dedicate it to music or we, did you find other things where you were getting paid for them, like other jobs and on a personal level, how was that working out for you? Yeah, when I was, uh, I would have been about 22, I realized I'd been doing music for 10 years and that was about when Late of the Pier stopped doing stuff. I never used the word break up because it wasn't, we just said, well, we're going to make sure the next thing we do is really good. and. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we kind of naturally just did our own stuff. So it wasn't really breaking up. But at that point, I said, I've done music for 10 years. And I had this idea, like, I'm going to do another thing for 10 years. I'd like to do this in my life, you know. And uh, the thing that I decided on was I wanted to be a ceramic artist. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. So I started out and I was trying to get stuff together, like, you know, get a kiln and, and things like that. And of course, music just came back. It didn't take long. But yeah, with the record before this one, I took a few years just making drum machines. And I really thought I'd probably stop making music at that point. It was only uh, my, right. my wife told me to make another record. I think she was just bored of hearing about circuits and stuff, you know. <laughs> I'm probably a more interesting person when I'm being creative. And that's a niche thing, making circuit boards, making making these synthesizers, making these drum machines. Yeah. I mean, you could see you could make a career out of that. I mean, have you? How were you? Well, it was paying better when I was making them and I only sold at like 25 I made 25 basically and sold sold all of those. All all different, all kind of individually unique. Uh, that was just one design, um, but I had made loads of different things. I actually, before before this one little design that I settled on, I sold like the circuit boards. So instead of building the whole thing, I'd just sell the circuit boards for a different machine that I built. And I tried a few different things out and all of them paid better than than music. So... So I was tempted. And I think when you, especially when you get into your 30s, you start just thinking, well, I'm going to do whatever pays, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people get there earlier than that, but, you know, yeah. it took me until then. <laughs> and so I was like, right, well, why bother? But, you know, there's something that you're meant to do sometimes, and it's it's not easy, but it kind of, uh, it makes you more complete. Mm. It kind of... I think a lot of people would love the luxury and probably should have the luxury of being creative, like having a creative outlet and, and being artistic. Because I do think if you are lucky enough to, to have that profession, it does something to you. I don't know. It kind of 
it's that extra piece of the jigsaw as a as a whole person you kind of feel like you've um i don't know it's like stretching you know it's like stretching your arms or something you just feel like you've used all your muscles it's like the the stuff in your brain that you've used that for some reason i think we need to use yeah do you feel quite balanced now the last few years with the building stuff with the making the albums do you feel like you're 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 stretching all those limbs yeah definitely and that's the thing that i try and do is just find the time to do a lot of these different things that i can do because even music like even if i'm writing songs which you'd think that's kind of the most fulfilling thing if you can write songs but even that can become very kind of tunnel vision and go off balance yeah i think any one thing that you do too much it doesn't matter how great it is you yeah. just need to kind of shake things up sometimes so yeah i've i've done a big variety over the last year so i keep building things on the side even now i've just been building this monstrosity for my live show great as in it's sort of production is it light what is it yeah i should probably i think i'll plug it here because yeah please I do really told anybody about it but it's like a automated drum machine well that sounds like a little box but it's a, the actual drums a set of drums that are in this kind of tower behind me on stage that are, are being played uh, electronically being played so uh what so what uh, what's playing them what so it's acoustic drums yeah being played by what who's holding the stick what's holding the stick it's just being played by magnets yeah what <laughs> yeah how does that work well i don't know if i can say fully because it's a really lucky thing that i stumbled across and i think that a lot of people are going to probably use it and I'll let them have it soon, but I, I need to keep it for myself. Let's just say I've wanted to do this for years, basically. I've, since about before my first LA Priests live shows, I wanted to do this kind of robot drummer thing. And I tried a lot of different technology out and I just stumbled across the right way to do it now. And it sounds pretty close to, you know, hitting the drums yourself. So, uh, brilliant this is an exclusive yeah the the main thing again going back to like different parts of your brain is just making it kind of sturdy and basically making it reliable because this thing's gonna have to uh, get shaken around in airplanes and all sorts of stuff and and hopefully work on the other side uh, because that's my plan this year is to take it on the road Sam, that sounds incredible. Thanks for giving me the exclusive. This is good yeah. shit. I hope it comes off, you know, the way it looks good in my shed because it's all happening in my garden shed at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Do you feel like a, maybe this is total cliche. Do you feel like a mad scientist? As in my question is a cliche, you know, do you, do you feel like a mad scientist? No, I mean, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all cliche in a way, but. Not at all. I think that's yeah, yeah. very unique. It's funny, isn't it? Because I, ju- I just think there must be mad scientists on every road, you know, on every block, at least because that's what I, that is what I do. Yeah. I just go away and invent shit in my shed. And, but then I'm supposed to be writing a album. So sometimes it's just not what I should be doing basically. And your website, yeah. I was playing around with it this morning. So you build a, 
a chord generator. And actually, when I read yeah. about it and I clicked onto it, I thought, well, are you going to be, am I going to be like looking at little audio carts where you click them and it'll play a chord? But it's not, is it? It gives you a different yeah. time signature and then it tells you the chords. I couldn't quite work it out. Yeah, I didn't want to get people's hopes up about it. I think I described it to the record label and they said, you know, this is amazing. We should put this up. But I think, um, I don't think I would have made such a big deal because it's it's quite a niche. It's extra niche, actually, because it's it's only if you have the knack of finding chords on a guitar or a piano or anything like that really yeah. i think it could be a, it could be expanded to actually produce the chords for you and maybe you could download a sample of them i should probably just do that but it's basically a writing tool and i used it it didn't look as snazzy as it does on the website but i made a really basic version of it for the last album just to write more songs because i had a lot of ideas but i just I only had a guitar. I don't know if I mentioned this last record. I just had one guitar for the whole record. I was out somewhere in... Um, for Farce Luna? Yeah, so I was out in Mexico right. and then moved to Costa Rica for the last half of the recording. And uh, <laughs> just one of those things you do. And I had one guitar, so I had to do all the sounds on it. Kind of self-imposed, really, because I didn't want to carry all this whole studio around but i did go to an extreme there right for a laugh going on your travels for a laugh yeah yeah no it was, it was just i felt like a lot of people did really after 2020 and everything just felt why why you can go somewhere yeah and it was just now everything's opening up and yeah i just i'm in the lucky position that i can do my job anywhere so yeah. i had some friends there i probably wouldn't have gone anywhere if i didn't have somebody out there right who was like you know come here you should do this were you eating well and and drinking well and hanging out oh, yeah so well and it's just the fresh everything you know you buy fresh fruit and you buy fresh everything is fresh and that's that's a massive thing on your health it's not just the the sunshine helps as well but clean your guts yeah i think since we got back here i'm in wales now We've tried to sort of replicate that, really. Just try and do the same thing that you would naturally do out there. It's just a cultural shift there, as in just that people don't eat so much, I don't know, sandwiches and pizza. It's, it's just more fresh food, is it? Yeah, and it's funny, actually, there's a particular reason to do it in Costa Rica because there's the sort of tourist shops where you get all that kind of processed food. They charge about five times the, the normal price. I think it's the most expensive country for that stuff that I've ever been to. So you shop at the markets? So you go to the markets and then you get the sort of local prices and there's just no comparison really. There's like one price for everybody else, but if you're willing to get stuff that's like a bit muddy, you know, you just wash your vegetables and all yeah. that stuff. And you can even, I was told, I, we didn't go out and do it, but you know, you can just drive out to a farm and they'll sell you a chicken or something, but I'm not sure whether you have to, you know, pluck it. Pluck it and all that stuff or even <laughs> chop its head off. I don't know. You know, this stuff, it's like, it's about like a healthy lifestyle, right? It's about, and some of those things, actually yeah. a lot of them, you know, going to gym, going to, like eating well, these are things that have such a profound and knock on effect of your life. And Sometimes it just takes a small decision to say, I'm going to start doing that today or tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they are like, those things are right under your nose and you just got, it's not easy sometimes, but sometimes you just got to 
do it. And so what that really makes me think on the other side of that is that we're always going to have our downtime when we're unhealthy or we're feeling unhealthy or like our mental hygiene or physical hygiene and sleep hygiene, whatever it may be, it's just a bit shite. Have you had your years, you know, in the trough feeling a bit, a bit down and out? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's just the sun. I got that kind of Mediterranean genetic thing and if I ever kind of feel, oh, no, nothing's working here. Everything's kind of screwed up. And I'll often realize I just haven't been outside, you know. So I'm one of the people that just needs the sun to kind of fix a lot of stuff. And I think that you do have to, there's no way you just go through life on one level. If you reach enlightenment, you don't stay there. I don't believe that's possible. I think that you just have to go. It's like you're riding a wave, really. The wave's going to come up and go back down again. You get used to it. That's the beauty of getting older is you kind of actually recognize that kind of cycle. And when you get the down, kind of brace for it and like know how to laugh about it. That's the yeah. best thing. It's like when you're feeling absolutely shit and everything just went wrong, the ability to just have an out-of-body experience, look at yourself and yeah. laugh at the sort of pathetic thing is, I mean, you have to have that sense of humor. So I like comedy stuff like um, League of Gentlemen. I don't know if, if you remember that. Never watched it. They dress up in it, right? Yeah, and it's just a comedy of failure, basically. I suppose it's, there's hundreds of comedy things that are like that. Yeah, We're watching Kunk on Britain at the moment. It's basically like sort of funny fake history <laughs> with Philomena Kunk. Yeah, Kunk. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So good. And you forget, you know, similar to like not eating well, sometimes you forget to watch comedy and you forget to buy yourself a dessert for dinner you know or you forget to go out for a walk sometimes yeah some of the, some of my favorite people you know my my the friends that I like to hang out with the most they just have this uncanny ability to treat themselves at every moment of the day I just <laughs> oh I'll have one of those but have a bath yeah because I just forget to eat a lot of the time you know stuff like that <laughs> sounds dramatic but it's not it's not a bad thing you eat when you before you go to bed basically you know you catch up but the thing is just seeing somebody do it right you know seeing somebody just say i'm going to have a cup of tea now people who just have this cup of tea thing i think that's that's brilliant i'm not like that midday nap yeah yeah just having a break you know i've got a mate and we've just gone both self employed and we were sending each other voice messages and we, we were both in the bath and it was 11.30 on a Tuesday morning, nearly lunchtime. And it's like, yes, if there's some way that we can somehow navigate our lives so that we're able to have a bath on a Tuesday at 11.30, that's ideal. Yeah, that is actually. And it's funny, actually, because that's one of the things when they said about the theme of your podcast, about the part time job and about jobs in particular, I haven't had a job outside music since I was um, like 15. I just had one because I got into it so young and stayed stubbornly did music since then. But the one of the few things that I remember from this job where I was like a waiter and I couldn't find a shirt that fit. I had these like giant look like I was wearing my dad's clothes and I would try and have a break with my friends outside 
And the manager came out and he's like, you don't smoke, get back inside. So I quickly started smoking. That was like, right, if I get a break. Isn't that such a bullshit? Smoking, you know. It's such a bullshit. If you smoke at jobs, if you smoke at work, you get more breaks than anyone else. Or just breaks full stop. As far as I'm aware, from what he said, I didn't deserve a break because I didn't smoke. So, so that got me smoking at a young age. <laughs> and I suppose that ties in, you know, just to... To that idea that even in these stressful jobs, that the thing of just having a break is a beautiful thing. It's just uh, should be a worldwide standard, really. You know, it's not everywhere, but I think we're starting to see that now. With you know, whatever you want to call it, you've seen it written as the Great Resignation and different things of people quitting their jobs gonna you know starting their etsy shops and depop shops and it's the kind of thing it's quite like a, a bit of a generational shift because it's the kind of thing that anyone over the age of 50 is probably going to take the piss out of but i think the people who are maybe in their at like 18 20 years old now they can think okay well i can start a business at home and if it goes all right or like you stay stubborn you can get rewarded from that yeah and there's really no reason that everybody has to be in that, that kind of traditional structure of, of an employer. You know, that, that works sometimes for, you know, like the, the mail and things like that, where you need a national kind of service. But with, with other companies, that's just going to create monopolies. You know, if everybody's just wor working for one company, a monopoly is not necessarily going to be very good. So, you know, my great granddad was a was a greengrocer. And so I always got stories from my mum saying, you know, how amazing these old little grocery shops were, you just walked in and you can only fit like five people in the shop, but they have every single thing you could uh, possibly want. And uh, so I've always been quite aware of that kind of tragedy of of the, the local shop kind of uh thing really and yeah. um that is what a lot of people can still do is just start these little community based businesses and and be their own boss really not everybody but i do think that more more people should definitely and if you're taking out the power of you know the conglomerate's hands if you're the people working in the field Make your own meadow, make your own little field. Sorry, that's an awful analogy. But if you're making money for someone else all the time, which is 90% of jobs out there, if you're able to take that risk and make your own business, make your own shop, make your own web store, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's just a terrifying thing. I think for me and a lot of my mates and people I speak to is that, you know, we go to school and we get by in life for 15 years when we we're at school by following the rules and by following what you're told to do. We're not really told, oh, you know, you can, your imagination can go quite far, actually. We're not really told that. Yeah. And it's a tricky thing to kind of introduce to people because, you know, I always struggle with this idea. On one hand, you want to tell everybody you can do it, right? But on the other hand, I don't have time to tell everybody how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So you need a huge amount of drive, like to actually do something ambitious you do you just need to get obsessive really I think every person who starts a business has to get kind of obsessed with that idea and it has to take over for a bit you know you can probably find a balance later on but if that's scary 
then maybe it should be, you know, it, it should be kind of scary. It's like getting on stage for the first time. It's absolutely terrifying. I still get a lot of that, like really nerves. Um, but something about that makes you more alive and it makes you more, it's like, it makes you very alert and, and kind of, I don't know, agile kind of, it's like we were saying before about these muscles that you kind of have to use putting yourself in a spot where you're not comfortable, you know, going out of your a classic to go back to another cliche, it's going out of your comfort zone, you know. And that is the thing about all of this. It is kind of cliched, but you have to find it for yourself. You really have to, I don't know. I do recommend people just dive into something, almost have to do it to the point where it feels like you might be a bit crazy doing this, you know. Yeah, that's good advice. I suppose, I suppose it's up to any individual to sort of take on how much they're up for giving other people advice. But I think that's a big part of it. And music is about community as sort of sometimes cringes that is to say, but call a spade a spade. It is, it's a community of people and, and share knowledge, right? That's powerful. Yeah. And I, I think as well, it goes across, I see like inventors and people have this, a very similar streak as well. You know, it's not just musicians or artists. There's this whole kind of, world of dreamers you know <laughs> yeah. and you could yeah you can meet people there was this guy that i lived next to in down in pembrokeshire we lived right on the edge it was a really crazy inspiring place because we were right on these cliffs and you could just see like i think on a clear day you can just see the tip of ireland but it has wow. to be really clear and there's all these like ancient cairns you know ancient burial mounds and things around there it's one of these sort of very kind of spiritual places you can't help but feel that even if you don't have any inclination but there was this guy living next door to us who was just the archetype of the mad inventor and he was building his own um various different types of combustion engines you know like this one runs off water and this one runs off flowers it was like he had all of these vehicles that he was converting in his back garden you can look him up actually his, his name's buzz if i knew his second name then you'd probably find him but yeah he had like a bbc film crew go in and do a sort of documentary about him because his house right. is covered in like road signs and buzz nap fisher yeah you got him yeah yeah that must be him yeah so he was my next door neighbor and that is how i want to be Especially when you get older, like, I think there's no better way to live your life than just be like this kind of mad hermit that makes whatever, you know, just makes anything. Yeah. And the weirder, the better, you know. Definitely. I mean, there's a generation of us who built those little kit cars and all the different types of, you know, like build your own little car model building kits. And then you get into like skateboarding and BMXing and you're building your own ramps and then you make music. It's a similar thread, isn't it? I love that idea. Definitely. That's a fucking good way to live. Yeah. I just think when you see those kind of people, for me, they're the people that kind of uh, lift the mood in a, in a community. It doesn't matter like what kind of, you could just be on like a council estate in any place in any country, any city. And it doesn't matter how kind of like, down everything feels if there's one character like that that's just a dreamer you know yeah. and kind of their house and their garden and everything just becomes this shrine to their mad ideas 
then for me that that's a very uplifting thing for for anywhere anybody you know definitely sam thanks so much for you know taking the time i really appreciate it it's a it's a long form interview so cheers for the time no thank you it's been very fun to talk to you yeah yeah it's been wicked it's got me excited me and my girlfriend well my girlfriend she is a real good inventor she grew up in southeast germany and got a internship at bosch you know, the nice, yeah. electrical company, age 16. Wow. And she was sort of 21 years old, managing 12, 50-year-olds. And she's so good. She just quit her job as a restaurant manager, which is what she was, had to do. Didn't like it, did it for three years. Yeah. And now she's got, you get all these different apps of sort of little side jobs now. And she's building flat pack furniture and going around and like replacing doors on offices. And like, you know, when you say that, and I'm going to watch this about, buzz nap fisher i'm going to show it to her because that's exactly the kind of thing that we love talking about and her dad actually was and it's funny when you said your dad's a greengrocer made me think of this eva's dad ran a tv repairs shop in their basement yeah yeah and he actually went out of business for being effectively too nice and fixing TVs and not charging for it. And you go into their basement and it's there's loads of these like one-arm bandits and these old TVs and these old record players and all these radios. And it's like, yes, that just lights off. That like, it just lights off your synapses like a Christmas tree for me. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yes, this is fucking interesting shit. Yeah. I want to also, that just reminds me of this guy. Also another Sam who, um, you might have heard of he goes under the name look mum no computer and he's oh, like right. an inventor but he's got a museum i can't remember where it is he's got a museum now and it's just like old mad technology it's mainly musical stuff and it's just i think he's made like instruments out of pretty much anything you can think of and he's got this amazing museum out there that you can go and actually visit i just found it it's called this museum is brackets not obsolete and it's in margate yeah i've not been i should go but he's one of those guys that's just gonna be like that for the rest of his life you know he's just gonna be pulling things out of cars and making instruments out of them for the rest of his life so yeah that's sick that's brilliant nice one sam oh yeah really appreciate the chat cheers mate yeah me too yeah so that was la priest here on 101 part-time jobs farce luna is out this friday Cheers to you for listening. And thanks to Liam Clayton, who's editing these episodes now. Welcome, Liam. See you soon for another playlist episode where I talk about some new tracks that I'm enjoying. And then later on in the week with another episode from Sparky Deathcap, otherwise known as Rob from Los Campesinos. See you then. It's Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com